0: Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents the DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey
1: everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on the DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, it was a big week for you and FSW as one of the more respected people in wrestling, uh, someone who's been associated with WWE throughout the years on and off, Gabe Sapolsky, uh, graced the presence of FSW. And um, why don't you kind of uh, tell listeners uh, what actually happened this weekend in terms of why Gabe was there and what he provided for uh, not only yourself and the company, but also the wrestlers as well.
0: Well, it actually started, uh, when was it? In July, I believe. I got a message from Lacey Ryan. I was actually on vacation. Oh, no, sorry. So it was October. It was, uh, it was okay. October. Yeah. It was my anniversary. We went to uh, Cancun, and all of a sudden, my phone wasn't really working well at all, but on through the computer, I was able to get some internet service. So she messaged me that Gabe wanted my number, uh, but really had not. A reasoning why like you know one rumor was he was moving to vegas and and all this other stuff so i gave out the number and the problem was i wasn't getting any text messages i wasn't getting phone calls then all of a sudden the last day i was so i then reached out you know a few weeks later after i never heard back and probably you know Probably in mid-November or whatever it was, I reached out, you know, on Twitter to Gabe. Because years ago, we did a a Zoom seminar uh, during the pandemic. Uh, He hit us up, you know, and a lot of our wrestlers took part of it. But, you know, he's now working once again in WWE. He used to to run Evolve and WWN Network. And uh, obviously, he's well aware of, of Lacey and... Uh, he actually said he was the one who helped bring her in for the tryout. Uh, he said uh, another female wrestler sent in a link trying to get signed, obviously. So she sent a match and Gabe was unaware of Lacey. And basically it was, who's that person? And right. that led to the contact that led to Lacey getting the tryout. And then Lacey, uh, of course, got signed right after that. So he was not aware of Lacey Ryan at the time. So moving forward, uh, I reached out on Twitter. He goes, yeah, you know, I was looking about coming out there, you know, wanted to check out a show. Uh, We were looking at No Escape because we wanted it to be our bigger show. But, of course, they have the Royal Rumble the day before on the 28th. So I'm like, hey, well, we got one January 13th. It's a school show. You know, it's like, shit, you know, I don't want them to be here. And there's 47 people in this motherfucker. You know what I mean? It's like, but. So I happen to be lucky enough to have already booked a Hammerstone and Danny Limelight and, and, you know, usually as always, a Matt Vandegrift and, and, and TBD. So we had like all our good talent there. So he was like, yeah, I think I'll be able to do the 13th. You know, I like to come in for training also. So we have training on the Thursday. And we put the word out, and, you know, he got it okayed from the WWE. Everything was looking great. Then, you know, three days before Gabe's about to get here, it's like, oh, WWE's been sold to Saudi Arabia. Oh, I got I got a message from some strange podcast guy uh, <laughs> telling me that uh, WWE had been sold. You, you know what I mean? And it was like, motherfucker. So needless to say, things were going... Th- And, you know, the first thing Gabe said, he watched the training, a lot of practice matches, you know, short things to give people opportunities to be seen who might not be on the show, you know, the next day. And, you know, the first thing he said is, Hey, this is what we're looking to do. I might get a text in the middle of this conversation that I no longer have a job, but right now we're going as business as usual. And we're hoping that it's going to stay that way. So then he proceeded to come on the day of the show. And, You know we we had a solid show sky high was in the pre-show and they probably wouldn't have been on the show but i wanted them to work in front of Gabe. and you know we adjusted the booking uh we added the beat the clock challenge because in reality wasn't sure what we were going to do with sharp and damian drake because we've already set up their match to be at no escape so we set things up to give opportunities two more people. And even though we did nine matches, it was really eight. And that was a segment that lasted as long as a good match, but the two guys got the opportunity to work. So after, you know, we went through the whole show, Gabe stayed the entire time, stayed after the fact, you know, in talking with him, they're looking for, you know, people and companies that they feel they can work with down the line. That's a triple H thing. You know, besides bringing in the athletes, they still like that idea. But right. before it was, they're going to bring in all the indie guys. Then it became, we're going to bring in all the uh, athletes and have them in there. And Triple H's philosophy is, why can't we do both? You know, why can't we wow. get some young, untapped talent mixed yeah. in? Who, well, Because nothing will be. He's like, there's nobody in this building, as he tells our crew, that's going to out athlete any of the athletes that are coming in, but their passion and their their desire to be a wrestler is the advantage they have over the athletes per se. So they want everybody in that building. So, you know, the door, you know, kick that door open is basically what he says. You know, we're not looking at it now. Hey, you know what? You're five foot seven. We're not going to look at you. You're 30 years old. We're not going to look at you. It's like, if you're good enough, you need to be looked at. And, you know, which which is good reinforcement for some of the guys that are on the cusp that I guess it could be kind of frustrating that, you know, I remember Jordan Cruz went for a tryout and the first thing they said was he wasn't tall enough. And, yeah. you know, that can deflate someone to they say, you know what, WWE is my dream. I'm not going to make it there. Fuck it. I quit. Yep. And and now if the opportunity is there, maybe they rise above because, again, we, you know, obviously Rey Mysterio is, you know, is different than everybody else. But, you know, the Eddie Guerrero's of the world, uh, you know, five, eight, you know, if he was lucky and if you're good enough. There's always that opportunity. And now there's so many other places, New Japan, A.W., the Ring of Honor stuff, Impact, where you get looked at, you can get a contract and you could make money and not have to work another job. And, and you get to basically make a living in professional wrestling. So, you know, he was big on that, big on the basics. But it was like, you know, I, you know, I jokingly threw it out there like, hey, you know, if you ever need, you know, somebody to be looked at and be on the West Coast, you know, we're there for you. And, yep. you know, I threw that out there on purpose because I really don't know, is there anything for FSW or is it, hey, we're just looking because we hear there's, there's good people who have come out of there and maybe we can pluck it. And, right. and then I kind of followed it up, you know, kind of like, yeah, I heard in the past, you know, they were looking to air other companies footage on their network. And he basically said, you know, the long term plan is is that to work with the wrestling schools, work with the wrestling promotions, work with the talent, you know, and, you know, it, it, it lights a spark, you know, the word got out that WWE was coming down and, you know, we, we reworked the office, to production. So yeah. Gabe was, you know, a thousand percent, you know, excited when he got in there and it was like, you know, Obviously, yeah, we added a paint job and we put, uh, you know, uh, televisions on the wall. But the basis of what we were doing, we've been doing for years. And right. with him seeing that, hearing about the network, and and all the things we're doing, we far exceed what a lot of other independent wrestling companies throughout the United States are doing. You know, you yeah. can count, you can count on your hands. The companies and I've heard rumors and, you know, Defy and Progress and West Coast Pro. And those were kind of the companies he's reached out to to take a look at. And why is that? Because good reputations and the difference between us and Defy and Progress. We also have a school and our school has generated Chris Bay and Karrion Cross and Lacey Ryan and Solo Sokoa and Jay Vidal and Matt Vandegrift, and, you know, tons of other great talent. And then our promotion used guys like L.A. Knight and Brian Cage and The Scum and so many others before they ever got anything. Royce, Jarrell, Tom Lawler, we retrained, things like that. So, you know, you have a list of things that we've done that have made our company valuable and viable for – you know, the big wigs to get involved with, you know, we've worked with impact. We understand stuff. We've worked with ring of honor in the past, you know, we helped out AEW when they first came out here. So, you know, we're, we're, we're the company, you know, on the West coast and this, and for sure in Vegas that these companies, you know, come to, you know, we'll be, they'll be using our ring at impact. They'll be using our regulars. You know, you know, Gabe is now in charge of booking the extra talent for Raw and SmackDown. And he would say in the past, you know, uh, if you were persistent and kept sending emails, kept sending emails, you'd probably get an extra job. But instead, there's a different philosophy. Hey, if this is the type of guy we need, that's the type of guy we're actually going to go get and not hope that he shows up. So now he sees what we have. And he had a list and he's giving me a list like, hey, these are potential extras, you know, that we or I want to book for Raw and SmackDown because they're going to be back out here in March. So, you know, and and there was talent from Arizona and there was talent from California. And once he's made aware of that, because now he's dealing with me instead of just, you know, any talent that sends information. Yeah. So now it's like back in the old days, you know, if you were going to book somebody from UPW, they didn't hit up Skulu. They hit up fucking Tom Howard. Yeah. Because they wanted guys with good attitudes. They wanted people that did good business and looked apart. So yep. if you did, if you looked fantastic and you were a piece of shit, you weren't getting booked before. Yep. And now them relying on that kind of puts the ball back in our court. Like right. you want to do whatever the fuck you want. That's great, but you're not going to get utilized and you're not going to get recommended before right. it'd be like, fuck you. I don't care if you recommend me or not. Not that right. people would say that at all, but, but deep down they didn't, they didn't care because they were already in contact with people. And, you know, the smart ones know, they know Joe helps them. They know Joe will contact Conan and Joe will contact Impact and when Delo was there and when Davaris an agent and you know who's trained at FSW and he knows guys like Hero Lou who would come to his class and yeah. saw the potential in him and, and a Matt Vandergriff who'd always be around and Damian Drake and all those guys that were always training. So It means something, you know, when that stuff happens. And, you know, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed that even if they do sell, it becomes like a UFC thing where Dana White's still in charge. It didn't matter that they sold it. UFC, to the inner workings in the fans, is exactly the same as it was before, before the purchase. And, you know, that's all you could hope for with WWE, that and again, will things change? Of course they will. But hopefully the changes are more interchanges that the fans, the wrestlers don't really see, because if it becomes that obvious, then of course, you know, things will be out of control. You know, it's right. kind of like uh, me selling FSW to, you know, Bob down the street, Bob's going to bring in his friends. A different if it's it's a different right. animal than a six to eight billion dollar company
1: yeah and Disney is a great example uh, the acquisition of Lucas films when they did that uh, Kathleen Kennedy and everyone they still run it everything is is run it's just that Disney has the ultimate yay or nay over you know <laughs> distribution money spent stuff like that so in theory if they are sold to a company, like a Disney, like an NBC, a universal um Paramount, whatever, they will still be able to have Hunter and you know Nikon, whoever is in in that uh, that core of running the actual business will stay in place. so um, or
0: Vince McMahon, at this point, from what we're seeing, uh, each each thing that he's progressively said he wasn't gonna do each day he's changed his
1: yeah. uh, thought process on that. <laughs> which again uh, it's
0: his company he, he has the right to do it but there's now you know the the calm and the status quo that everybody saw now again everybody's on eggshells yep
1: yeah um and that brings me to an interesting thought you know <laughs> gabe got to see everything in terms of the talent themselves but he also got to see the inner workings of what uh production does what you do you know the the other side the business or the office side i should say um is there something or or things that you are uh, taking from him or looking at to improve anything that you picked up on that you go you know I think we could do this better I think we could do that better i'm I'm looking to improve myself and, and my company this way
0: Without a doubt. But the, the thing is, him watching the show, his responses are very similar to me watching the show. Sure. You know, and, you know, the things that you can always catch me two or three times a show, especially when I'm not, uh, especially when I'm not doing commentary. But when I am doing commentary, there's times you'll see me leave because I'm running to the back to say, motherfuckers, hit the, kill the fucking guy's music. If he wants to take a minute to go outside the fucking ring, we're not giving him another minute inside the fucking ring. Hit the fucking music. And the first thing Gabe said is, you know, the show's really good. Got to be tightened up. You know, when P, you got to think of more of the people that are watching at home. And a fraction of the audience is what's watching it there live. So, right. whether it's feeding the commercials, you know, it was like there was a spot and. After the match, Damian Drake started doing the dance with the with the ring announcer, blah, 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 blah. Well, that segment is now starting to go long. So what you do is they cut it, kind of like Raw, SmackDown, stuff you see on TV. And then you go to commercial, other things are going to happen. We right. are too focused on everything that happens inside that ring has to be aired. So it's making these guys understand and Gabe gave Spider and my kid, you know, advice like, hey, you know, after this segment, boom, you go right to the commercial, you go right to the promo promoting something that way. The people at home are still engaged. He said, even though they're watching it, they still have sticky fingers. You know, they still can go something else because now this guy's dancing in the ring and now the dancing in the ring's a minute and a half. and now we're going to a commercial. and it's like all of a sudden there's a few dead minutes instead of, okay, he's dancing. Okay, 15 seconds, cut it. Go to the commercial. That way, by the time the commercial's over, we've also cut down the time of the fans sitting there watching a commercial on the screen with them doing nothing. So right. now the fans are ready for the action. And then after the match is over, get the fuck out of the ring. Like, what are you doing? And it's yeah. like, those are exactly the things that I preach. And you know what? Again, I, I'm i probably one of the promoters who give guys the most freedom to do a lot of things with their matches. You know, I try to give them the ideas, the, the experienced guys. I, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. In a lot of situations, but now it's gotta be, you know what? This is how it's gotta fucking be. And, and again, it, it goes to the sound person. You know, I sat in the production's office for a while and it was like, fuck, you know, it, it, it there's more work there than, you know, I comp. you know, I'm, I'm from the outside looking in, you right. know, like they, it's like, there's times I'm watching and I feel the hard cam is underutilized. So you, you you have the shot and then all of a sudden the guy's on the outside. And one example is he's walking from this side to the other side of the outside of the ring. Now, instead of shooting to the hard cam, he's waiting for the camera guy who's on this side to come over to get the face shot. But since they don't have it yet, he stays on it. And now you're shooting the fucking ring post. Right. And it's like, go to the fucking hard cam. The hard cam needs to be two thirds, pretty much, of all your shots. Anytime there's an issue. And it's like making these guys understand it. And it's like, I'm tired of, oh, well, this one, you know, Joey blames Spider, Spider blames Joey. It's like, take fucking responsibility. You're all doing this together. Get right. it right, you know? And those are the important things that need to be fucking done. You know what I mean? And it's like, fuck. It's like, it's not rocket science.
1: No, and, and that's an interesting uh, point that I think gets lost a little bit. You know, when you think about how wrestling is just taught in general, right? There is all the focuses on in-ring stories, et cetera, et cetera, uh, in terms of getting wrestlers to understand what, how to do what they do. Then you start incorporating how do you work to the cameras, and now what you guys are doing are adding that aspect of how do we as a company, instead of just doing the independent wrestling thing, do a TV show essentially. And, you know, obviously you've had TV shows before, but it looks like everyone is committed now to stepping up to figure out how to make the most engaging program for those people at home, because you already know you've got one of the best engaging programs for people in the audience. You know, you go to an FSW show, you're engaged the whole show. Um, Yeah,
0: Gabe loved it the the atmosphere uh, yeah. the energy of the building and you know yeah. and, and that goes for all you know the years that we've been there and you know the fred and jamie and heather and george and 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 even the newer the newer crew like the ruben guy and and pat who races the cars like there's guys you can always count on of being there
1: yeah.
0: and And that's what probably the most surprising to him was that so many of the fans knew the stories and knew the guys. And it's like, well, that's what the long-term objective has always been. But you can also come in, you know, out of the blue like Gabe, but still be able to understand stuff.
1: Right. And that's a great, you know, that's a great translation then into the, the TV production aspect of it is, like you said, it's keeping those people engaged through, you know, the commercials through something that will not make them, you know, go to something else. Um, you know, I, I've always thought Spider is such a creative mind, so great at that. Joey is very, very talented um, in putting things together. Um, those two work together. Very well, how do you how do you then look at it in terms of making sure that they're on the same page that you're on then that everyone's working as that one unit to achieve an objective? And what ultimately for you would be that objective in terms of is it getting higher streaming numbers? Uh, is it you know figuring out if, if we have this beautiful product, What kind of advertising goes in to get that product out there? Um, You obviously already have the local market. How does this help the expansion of FSW as a brand to make it more of a global brand uh, instead of just a local brand?
0: I heard global brand, and then it froze.
1: Oh, okay. So how, how do you how do you how do you uh, what are your intentions on trying to uh, what parts are you going to do to try to make it more of a global brand, more of something that people will start watching streaming wise, um, so that even though FSW might not travel like a GCW does, right? You could still have people who want to tune in every time you, you know, put out a show, uh, in in a mass number because the product is so easy to watch and looks very good.
0: Well, you know, we wish we had ten thousand Brad readers that were all around the United States watching. The thing yeah. is, when we that that's the reason for the mecca. That's the reason for the big shows. That's the reason for being on fight you know, trying to work with them. You know, we had a good conversation with Michael Weber Weber who runs it. And, you know, I feel that we've been kind of neglected when it, when it comes to, you know, the front pages, uh, you know, a thousand percent. Of course, you're going to put AEW and Impact and GCW on there. But I see a lot of other stuff that's not even at our level. And then we have a huge event and you barely see any, any front page promotion about our event and our event is 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 pretty loaded the problem nowadays is a lot of events are loaded and the thing is trying to differentiate yourself you know if you go and you check out a pay-per-view this weekend there's a good chance davy richards is going to be on it there's a good chance jacob Fatou is going to be on it you know there's a good chance Brian Cage or Hammerstone or Bay. And it's like, so why are we watching yours? Why are we watching yours? You know, I'd spend $200 to watch eight Davey Richards matches in the next two weeks. You, you know what I mean? So so the, the idea is just trying to get the fresh matchups. It's trying to get that homegrown talent when you have guys like a Matt Vandegrift work, Mike Bailey. And and when Chris Bay is coming up and he's wrestling. John Morrison and Brian Cage in a three-way match. And you're trying to incorporate the new with the old. But also production is a major, a major factor. Like once again, we were, you know, we try to upgrade the audio because we've had issues with the audio. Well, sure. I've given, you know, the FSW network to Gabe to check out on anytime he can. You know, I've passed information to sin for guys like Steve Carino and you know, passes it to Matt Bloom and you know, Carrying Cross. Hey, you know, give it to Sean fucking Michaels. You know what I mean? It's like right. if they tune it in, and all of a sudden you hear on the commentary, oh, we have it, and then it's too high, it's too low. It's like they're not going to watch it for more than two minutes, right? And that's the problem. It's like sometimes you have to try to get people back. Because their first experience with watching the pay-per-view or whatever. Hey, we had an issue with fight because the internet fucking sucked at Silver Nugget on one of the shows. And then we had to cancel it and re-air it the next day. Well, people who bought it live aren't going to want to buy it live again. You have to now have them be trusting in what you do. So it's everything has to fire on all cylinders. And it's almost like a reboot because the network we're trying to get for the Roku and the fire, or the fire stick and yep. all these other applications that opens up the doors for way more viewership. Right. And now when you get them, if you come out with a product and all of a sudden the audio is fucked up and the camera angles are, Oh shit. Why are they filming the wall? This is fucking ridiculous can't have that it has to be streamlined just like i said this show and this show did exactly what it needed to do but it should have been sooner like i wanted to be out the door and i wanted the match to be over by 9 30 the semi-main went pretty long the, the promo went long we probably went to about 9 35 but if you took away all the other garbage of being in the ring out of the ring we would have been done by 9 15 9 20 a nice two hour and 10 minute two hour and 15 minute show You don't want to overstay your welcome, you know, just like, you know, Gabe had mentioned, you know, to certain people, you know, seven minutes is fine, but five minutes would have been better. Like he loved the opening match with Remy and Devin Reno. They did everything they needed to do. And it was about a five minute match. I gave them seven or eight and it's okay that they went a little under because they did exactly what was needed. And then sometimes you give guys seven or eight and they go 13 or 14. Right. Because they still didn't get what they want to get Right
1: So that, that brings up a great question And this is something that um, You know uh, Being an improv actor This is one of the things that you have to learn uh, Which is Self editing You know guys love to hear Themselves talk sometimes How do you Get through to the, the guys That you have the bullet points to get to. Hit those points, and then don't linger further. How how can you keep that? Because that's one of the most important things you can learn in this business: is execution, still having a little bit of leeway. But know if that if you're given that, it's not it's not your show now. It's just you can. You know, if you feel something from the crowd, you can add something, but you have to keep it reined in. How hard is that to get guys to kind of learn that feeling of when enough is enough and when they're just becoming too much?
0: Well, you know, one thing I learned with Gabe and and they're taking it to, you know, as fact, the, you know, the production crew is getting that run sheet to everybody. Instead of, see, it's easy for me to say to you, I need you to do this, this, and this. And then when you're in there with somebody else, you kind of relay part of the message. That way, when I tell you something, by the time it gets to that guy, it's kind of gray area a little bit. Right. So now things aren't taking exactly the way they should be because I didn't talk to every single party. I talked to part of the parties to, to do these things. And that, that is, you know, a major issue moving forward, you know, you need to speak to them. And if it happens again, then you don't give them that opportunity to talk on the microphone. You know, that's all you can do. You know, it's like, you know, I I've screamed and yelled at lights, camera faction for going way over. You know, I yelled at Nick Bugatti with the Xander segment that went, eight minutes long instead of the 14 minutes long I thought it went. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Eight minutes is eight minutes too long. It's like, right. we have other things on the show. Get to your point. You know, unfortunately, right. a lot of guys were like, well, you know, the crowd was into it. It's like, well, that's great. I don't give a shit. The crowd would st- would have been into it for five minutes. As, as, right. Gabe, so as Gabe said, you yeah. know, have them wanting more, not being thankful yeah. That, you know, just because there's a percentage of the people who like it, that doesn't mean somebody who's unvocal liked it, too. And it's like you don't go wrong, as they always say. I'd rather trade the guy a year too early than a year too late because you're going to get more for the person and they're probably on the downturn anyway. And that's what you got to do. You got to focus because you know what? There's another segment after you and then there's eight more. And now we start the show at 7 so it's 705. We by the time we start the match after the introductions it's now 714. And now oh. you're going 15 minutes instead of eight and now we've had one match and it's 730. Right. And now it's like what am i supposed to do? Tell Hammerstone go 7 minutes instead of 15 in the main event because you had to talk for a fucking hour?
1: uh yeah that makes a lot of su- <clears throat> a lot of sense uh especially that that concept of you know if you can hit that sweet spot and have them then get out because you know that what starts to happen is that engagement starts to dwindle a little bit and then you have to think about that whole process of the whole show right which i don't think guys really get that concept get that picture because you know we've we, it's easy to say over and over when you see uh you know uh, a leap over the top rope in the first match a leap over the top rope in the second match guy flying through the ropes on the third match fourth match it just becomes eh okay you know it was cool the first time it was great the second time all right enough is enough right it's the same thing with promos and characters the more that you have in terms of lengthwise, you're essentially potentially taking away from each other's effectability because we've seen it. Whether it's you saying I'm going to kick your ass or that guy saying I'm going to kick this guy's ass, everyone's doing the same essential thing. It's how you deliver it and how you can hit it sweetly, quickly, and then pull out of it so that you can go on to the next thing. That's the same thing with intros too, you know, walking down to the ring and, and keeping that very tight, make your point and then get into the match. Is, is that what you're seeing now is that idea that, Hey, Joe has to be a little bit more of uh, uh, for black, a better word, a little bit more of a producer to get these guys to realize that it's an overall show and the tighter we can make it the better it's going to make everyone look is that essentially what you're well, looking yeah, at well
0: yeah yeah you know we're definitely going to have a sit down you know before the next show you know to discuss that because th- this is the deal you know spider and my son joey can talk to the guys all they want and they'll kind of listen to them but they don't they they don't look at them as the boss it's a lot easier for me to get it across because fortunately, there's a lot of people that are intimidated by me, sure. you know, so at least you get them who are like, oh, fuck, Joe's pissed, whatever, you know, that they may feel that it's more necessary. But the key is understanding and getting everybody on board to do stuff. You know, we got so much talent. If you want to do your own thing, see you later. There's a bunch of shows in town, you know. There's a bunch of shows in California and Arizona. Go fucking work them. You know, yeah. go go to Dom's show at PCW Arizona and try to grab a microphone when you're not supposed to. Yeah. I guarantee you will not be booked again. Yep. Or Graves will go out there and beat the fuck out beat
1: of you. Beat the fuck out of you. Yeah.
0: You know, and, and, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, when we're talking about with the promos, perfect example. Okay. On our roster and throughout the West coast right now, Danny limelight's considered probably one of the best talkers, you know, getting across the points and everything in the game. Well, Danny basically had two segments. He was coming out to talk about getting the night off. And uh, that was utilized for him to go back and forth with Jacob Boston young to set up their match. Well, he did most of his talking there, but, after the winner of the Matt Vandegrift match, which, was, of course, was Matt, I wanted Danny Limelight to come out and basically, you know, have the face-to-face, whatever. And initially, it was like there was going to be a, a conversation, but I'm like, all right, Limelight is already talked for three minutes or I had a five-minute talking segment here. I'm not going to now end the show with Danny Limelight talking again. It it just becomes a little too much. As good as a talker he is, it was like, so it was like, hey, why don't we have Danny Limelight do commentary so he can get across everything in there? And, and again, the ending got a little wonky in terms of what I wanted, what they thought, blah, 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 because initially they thought it was going to be a talking thing. And when I kind of got it, I'm going to, I'm going to put it to a misunderstanding to where Danny kind of looked at him, went to the ramp. Instead of getting in the ring and getting face-to-face with him and jabbering, you know, I'll see you on the 29th, Punk. You know, that belt right there, you know, you point to the belt. So it isn't on a microphone, but the fans can understand what you're saying. What you're and now saying. there's a confrontation to end the show. Yeah. And if that doesn't happen, which it didn't, it's now my job to make sure the next time it does happen because I'm the one who puts these segments together. And then I tell everybody what we're looking to do. And now in terms of input, fine, but do not do the input without talking to me. And that's also been an issue. And again, just to. just because of the fact that I respect a Remy or a Cody or the guys who've been around for a long time and they want to tweak things. That's great. And in a lot of cases I'm okay with it, but I need to know what's going on because I might go off on the wrong person who had nothing to do with it because he was just following orders. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, regardless of how minute the change is, uh, I need to know. If I wanted this guy pinned and that guy ended up getting pinned, which I was trying to protect for a certain reason, I would have needed to know that in advance, and you would have had to give me a good reason for why I needed to change what was going to be seen in the final uh, the final moment of the match. You know, right. there, there's there's rhymes and reasons for why in a tag team match this guy would get pinned instead of that guy, or in a six man right. tag, or in a scramble. You know, why is this guy being pinned? And again, in some cases, it makes sense. And in some cases, it doesn't. But either way, I still need to know about it. It goes through me.
1: Right. Um, you know, with uh, with that factor, uh, the other uh, thing that I am curious about is, um, you know, Rocky T put in a lot of time and effort into helping uh, prepare everything this week so that, uh, yeah he was know, there
0: so much I thought he lost his house or something <laughs> thought he moved in
1: <laughs> it's bad when the wife is coming around the show because now she hasn't seen him enough where uh just want to make sure he's still he's still around um yeah. so you know rocky is is probably one of the most underappreciated uh guys in terms of everything in terms of the physical stuff that needs to be done to get done, you know, he's he's overseeing and constantly trying to get it through to the younger guys on how important it is for them to be actively part of this collective. Um not just a guy in the ring who, you know, I can wrestle this is, you know, I'm that good. How for him is this going to be in terms of uh, you know, being more of that authoritative figure in putting down the, the hammer and saying, hey, if if X, Y, Z isn't done, get the fuck out of here. We're trying to accomplish this. How, how is he going to be taking on more of an active role to make sure that, you know, you guys as business partners are achieving what you guys see FSW as achieving in the future?
0: Well, you know, that's hard for me to say. Uh, I Everything that happened this weekend, we, we haven't had time to have conversations about stuff. You know, when we're both at the school, it's like, hey, can you run and go get something over here? You know, hey, we needed the paint. Joey got the wrong color paint. And it's like, so there, there was constant motion and constant movement. I'm running around trying to put together a show. I'm running around because Gabe's going to be here. You know, right. I have to make sure everything's in place. So he's trying to make sure everything there is in place. You know, God bless them, You know, Rocky, uh, Joey, and Spider. You know, oh, we're gonna paint. They don't fucking know how to paint. They don't understand that you actually have to tape things straight and you have to measure things. Like, hey, here's the tape. Okay, do the uh, orange line in the middle, and the things all like this and stuff. And it, it, it's it's a great concept and a great idea, but Rocky is meticulous in that like yeah you may clean the bathroom and two other guys may clean the bathroom but rocky will then go in and clean the bathroom like he is someone who goes berserk and every you know rightfully so it's like we can't tell you the same things a thousand times you're not nine years old anymore you're a grown-up this is what's expected of you If you can't fucking grab your own water bottle after class and throw it out on Wednesday night when Gabe is going to be there Thursday, what the fuck is wrong with you? If Gabe is going to be there on Thursday, I can't go knock on your door and tell you to come down to training that day, especially somebody who's on the roster. And there was numerous people that have wrestled on shows that we didn't see at all thursday or friday so if your goal in life was to be a professional wrestler and you have a representative from wwe scouting training in the show because we had guys tell me hey we're not available the 13th we got a booking in california and it's like, oh, well, that's cool because, you know, I, I gave you that date a month and a half ago. And now you're telling me a week and a half before the show. Now, maybe you should ask if you were going to be booked on the show any between then. But that's right. fine. Now, you are going to a show on Friday. So how about you come to Claire training on Thursday? And one one of the guys did. And, then you know, he got to, you know, work in front of of Gabe which he's going to critique you and tell you. He's a guy who knows what WWE is looking for. So now I didn't need to hear the excuse of, I have no fucking money to pay $30 for a Davey Richards seminar. You got the WWE guy here scouting, offering free advice in a free atmosphere, and you're nowhere to be seen. If you're going to take off a day of work because you had to work that day, that would probably be the day to do it. But again, look in the mirror. Don't blame me. Don't blame anybody else. You chose not to be around. So not much I can do about it. You know, I don't know. I remembered having a, uh, you know, a a Brian Kendrick seminar. And Brian Kendrick said, you know, I didn't give a fuck. I wanted to be a professional wrestler. I was that first guy there and I was the last guy to leave. If it affected work, oh, fucking well, I'll get another job because I want to be a wrestler. Yeah, The same story I've told a million times about Chris Bay. Chris Bay barely kept the job. Came to Vegas three months up front. The rest of it was a struggle. And yeah. he'd get a job and it'd be like, what do you mean I can't have off on a Friday night for a wrestling show? Okay. He didn't have the conversation. It was like, okay, I quit. See ya. And then he'd go get in a, you know, he would rather have the lights off in his house apartment than not being able to train or wrestle on a show because he was going to be a professional wrestler do or die all on the line. Not, Hey, well, you know, my new uh, work schedule, I can't make it to training at all. And it's like, well, you should try to get a new job or get a new different work schedule because you're never going to be on any shows. So, What is your long term goal? Uh, you know, I see Vegas supposedly is hiring everywhere. So that cashier job at Smith's, maybe there's a overnight job at Walmart, stocking groceries. Right. Because the pay is going to be similar and you're going to have the schedule that you want. But people end up being content because, well, I have a job. Like, of course, I was a DJ in a strip club. If I wasn't happy with things, I wouldn't just quit my job and have nothing. I would hope to see if there might be another opportunity somewhere else and it'd be a better opportunity. Then it'd be like, hey, you know, thanks for everything. Try not to burn the bridge. And then you'd move on. Because there's places you've been fired from that hire you back all the time. Because that's how it is in Vegas. Because they do whatever they want, bringing in friends, whatever the situation is. So you have to do what you want to do. Hey, I'm going to be an electrician, but uh, hey, everybody, uh, I'm only going to be able to make it in twice this week, even though there's five classes. Well, you're never going to fucking graduate from the electrician school. Right. Yeah. Or haircutting school or any fucking school in the world. Don't show up and graduate. So unless you're a fucking, you know, five star athlete who they fucking give you all A's because that's what they want to do to get you to their school. And then they get you in college and you get the A's because they make sure you're eligible to play the big college football game for your team to win. Then. Okay. But that, that doesn't work in the real world. Right. And unfortunately, you know, it takes a lot of these people, you know, to hear it from a thousand people, you know, Sin Bodhi trades people at the performance center doesn't mean they listen yeah but gabe does they might listen oh shit booker t said it oh maybe 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 it's true yeah matt hardy said it yeah so you know again that's another thing it's 2023 i'm not holding anybody's fucking hand i have really good guys from over there and over there that are dying to wrestle on my show. And I would always go out of my way, regardless of personal feelings. If I thought the person was good enough, I would try to get a young guy who has had barely any matches on a show instead of making sure Tito Escondido's on my fucking show. Right. And that's not going to happen anymore. You know, we can't get to the next level when we're leaving guys on the sidelines. You know, Tito Escondido is part of FSW. Eli Everfly, Brandon Gatson, uh, Juicy. All these guys are part of FSW. So to not utilize them is a, is a crime. You know, we want to be the best company we can be. You know, as good as some of the younger guys are, they still have a long way to go. You know, future shocks, smaller shows. But the big-time shows have to be the big-time people if we want to get to that next level. You Mm -hmm. know, it's kind of easy to be pigeonholed when you're in Vegas because a lot of these younger guys, they're local. Our fans love them. They get behind them. Whether it's a breadth of threat that they love to hate or an exander that they love to love. The fact that they came out of the FSW school and they live here in Las Vegas, they're automatically gonna get more love than somebody else who comes from California because that's right. their guy. So some of those guys, obviously, Nick's in a steel cage match. Obviously, he's he's done a great job, but there's a lot of guys that are hovering in that low card to low mid card that are solid, but there's a difference between solid and getting 600 people to come to a show because there's so many good people on it that you can not, not show up. And that's where the Mecca was born to have the best show that you could possibly have because it was on a ring of honor weekend. An AEW weekend, it's simple to miss FSW when you got AEW in town or in the past you had Ring of Honor in town or you have WWE SummerSlam in town. But if it's like, oh, fuck, this guy's on it, that guy's on it, that guy's on it, oh, I got to come to this show. Even if it is at 12 noon on a Sunday, the day of SummerSlam, when we pack the FSW arena for probably one of the three biggest shows we've ever done there.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you know, uh, as an owner of a company, you you know, I've seen in the past working with companies, you know, that were local years ago. That you know, one of the trainers, hey, if you pay the dues, he's trying to get you on the show because he's trying to keep you to keep getting to pay the dues. But what about the fans that are buying a ticket? Right. The fans aren't going to buy tickets to see four shitty matches and two really good ones. Yeah. Guy has to be ready because the other problem is once some people get on shows, they become stagnant and they don't improve. They're just happy to get, Hey, I'm on the show. What do I need to do anything else for?
1: Yeah. And, and and in that sense too, I think that a lot of times performers don't realize how much their actions, their passion, their, you know, uh, their disinterest, their, you know, um, their desire to be successful, or their desire to just be, uh, you know, loved locally and 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 uh, embraced by the local fans. Whatever their personal things are, everything that they choose in their path is directly affecting what you're trying to do overall with your company's path, and. That makes a lot of sense in terms of, you know, needing to hit those marks. Where hey, if we got the opportunity to use X, Y, and Z. We're going to use these guys because they've shown they're professional. They're shown they're reliable, um, and you know, you might be affecting us in a different way. Where you're, you know, you're not excelling to what we want to excel. You're not seeing the same thing we're seeing, and that's very interesting thought that, you know, sometimes they don't think of a wrestling company as a football team, right? You, you have to have all the players playing on the same playbook and trying to achieve the same goal. If you don't, then, you know, you're, you're always going to be a, a, you know, a 16 team or whatever, and constantly getting, <laughs> you know, nowhere because you keep going in the same circles. So it's very interesting, uh, you know, to to see how choices of of performers will affect your overall as well and how you're, you know, how you're going to try to take the company to that, that next level. And if people are not buckling in and listening and, you know, trying to accomplish that too, people are going to get left in the dust. So that's a very important thing to, to keep in mind. Um, and speaking of No Escape, of course, is on Sunday, the 29th, 5 p.m., Silver Nugget. Uh, Fight TV, I believe it's going to be available on. Is that correct?
0: Uh, that is correct. We're, we're actually talking with Fight TV because they have a, a new version, which is called Fight Plus, where people pay, I believe, five bucks a month or $50 a year, and you get access. And, and a company like GCW just signed a deal with them, which is similar to the old IWTV thing. For the companies, it's they get paid based on you know viewership. And okay. GCW, I was talking to Brett, because they're going to be out in LA in February. We're working on hopefully doing something uh, the weekend of the 17th. And hopefully by next week, we'll have an announcement. But trying to see the value of, hey, if you subscribe to Fight Plus and you get the, the FSW pay-per-view on there, is it more valuable to us uh, as a company? Because obviously there's going to be more eyes on the product. But right. monetarily, how does, it, how does it work that, you know, if we have a thousand people watching it live? compared to a much smaller number purchasing it live. Right. And, you know, that's a conversation I'm going to be having this week and, you know, utilizing it. Because right now the way it works is once we have a pay-per-view, 30 days later, it goes up on Fight Plus. Okay. So FSW is part of the Fight Plus, but we've never offered anything because once you do something on fight, it's either exclusive or not. So if we're going to run pay-per-views on there, that's going to be part of hey, they got Warrior Wrestling, or they got GCW, or they got this, they got that, you know. So you know, we're looking at all models and 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 pay entities and trying to figure out you know what ways whether it's No Escape having the sponsors that we are fortunate to have, you know the rising the rising prices of venues these days you know you need some of that sponsorship money to hopefully help offset the increases you know as as we look to maybe return to the silverton or if if samstown actually decides to do other stuff you know so you know we're looking for 2023 you know we've gotten our eyes opened a lot by by talking with gabe and seeing what's out there because he knows who we are a lot of people know who we are and we haven't really taken FSW to another level. You know, it was years ago when we were doing FSW Arizona and did shows there that did well. And the IWF where I was the, you know, the main booker for that bringing in the biggest names in wrestling that every single guy on the card is now working for NXT, AEW, or WWE, or Ring of Honor, or Impact. So, you know, the talent is always going to be there. I'm always going to be able to figure out the best talent. You get the guys, you know, you weed out of the locker room, guys that are just there strictly for the payday. You know, John Morrison is a guy who's there for the payday, but John Morrison will do his part and help you out any way possible. While there's right. a lot of other guys that you, you can barely get them to, you know, that's great that you got 234,000 followers. You can't even fucking retweet that you're on the fucking show. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the people we want to work with are those kinds of people.
1: Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um you know, next week uh, we'll be going into No Escape, so we'll talk uh, more about the card next week. But I think it was kind of important to uh, kind of have this conversation and get it out there for you know people to hear about what the experience is like and what the vision is like for the future. And um, it's an amazing time to to you know be around this energy that was created, you know, by having him there, by having the fans, you know, really just committed and into uh, everything that was happening on the, uh, you know, on uh, New Year's resolution. Uh, and to see the guys, uh, you know, excited about trying to move forward and, and continue to, uh, to improve themselves and to improve the company as well. It's just, it's amazing to see. So, um
0: well let's just hope that it actually lasts you know uh, a lot of people oh this is great this is great and then all of a sudden it's like oh okay
1: but you know what and that's the thing it's isn't it true in anything if you're trying to you know improve your body if you're trying to find a, a job that you really are passionate about you know if you're trying to find a good relationship a lot of times we get excited and we start trying and then we fall into bad habits we get lazy and you know we we become our own obstacles again i think it's the difference is is that when you start excelling and and use that energy and use that positivity and you see that future you want if you just keep going with that, you're going to achieve it. And again, everyone has to buy into the idea that, you know, if you're there to be a professional wrestler, be a professional wrestler. I think that's a great thing that you said, you know, make it, make it happen. Um, Because you're the one who's in charge of you and no one is just going to give you it. And that's the, the biggest thing that I think entitlement is something that we, are so used to now that it just does not happen that way. You have to work for it. So it's it's exciting to see that energy there, and hopefully it does stay. Uh, Joe, any final words uh, before we uh, say goodbye this week?
0: You know, you know, not too much. It it, it was great having uh, Gabe there this weekend, and it opened up a lot of eyes to people. And for those that didn't understand, you know, when we talk about the value we have to young wrestlers signing up and, and training, you know, that's the perfect example. You know, there's a lot of good talent that doesn't get seen because, you know, they're not even the big fish in a little pond. They're, they're you know, they're in a puddle. You know, they're a big fish in a puddle. And you, you need to have somebody to help you get there, you know, you can't just magically be on their radar. How do you get on their radar? Well, you, you work with world, you you work with trainers, you know, our, our main trainers. uh, One has wrestled for ring of honor impact for the last 20 years. Uh, Disco Inferno an early trainer was, you know, a guy who was in WCW and been in the business for 25 years. Mike modest, our head trainer. Uh, you know, WCW, Noah, uh, also considered one of the best trainers uh, moving forward. You know, Sin Bodie he trains at the Performance Center for a reason. Uh, Chris Bay, our homegrown talent when he's around, you know, and then guys who've been with us forever like Cody Sharp and, and Remy Marcel, you know, yeah. they they may not have traveled the world. Well, Remy did. You know, he was training uh, people in China while uh, AEW was making deals with that company. And he was the one training the students. So, you know, it's a who's who. And the guys that we have trained and D'Lo Brown, basically, we had the head of Impact. We have uh, Kenny King, Ring of Honor and Impact. We have TJP come in. And he helps when other people aren't around. You got Sin Bodhi, who's got the ear. Uh, Sean Daivari, when he was in Vegas and was fired from WWE, he was training with us again. And then he went back. So that's another eyes and ears. And we had Allison Danger, our trainer, that people could have took advantage of, who unfortunately got canned uh, when... uh, Triple H had his issues with his people and Vince was unloading their talent, but she's Steve Carino's sister. yeah. So you think that guys couldn't get looked at, you know, a little help with Lacey when she was there and we have all the different avenues and, and, and offer and bring in some of the best talent in the world for people to work and, you know, Guys got, got matches early on. Cross got to work with Chris Masters and Hammerstone got to work with Chris Masters and and the, the who's who and working Matt Hardy's of the world and, and the biggest names in the business that all went on to get signed and guys that we used that got signed like a Ryan Taylor and a Timothy Thatcher and a cage and bringing in Lance Hoyt, and, you know, not normally. See, if you look at that company, There's usually not chances for a guy in that company for a Nick Xander and Brett, the threat to break out because they're using all these guys, but we mix them in so we can utilize our talent because we have the wrestling school where the others don't same thing for the shows in town. It's great. They just get to pick who they like. Hey, I'm going to use him. I want to use him. I'll use that guy and that guy and that guy. Well, he's young. I'll wait to see how he develops. Well, we're the ones who are trying to get these guys to develop. So the only way to do that is putting them on a show. So they have to sink or swim on our show. If they swim, guess what? They're booked on that other show down the street two fucking weeks later. Because if you look at the shows that are in town, look at our young guys, and look at the time frame of when they wrestled for us and when they debuted for them. Yeah. So, you know, we offer everything we could do.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a great point. And, uh, uh, you know, again, uh, we're going to see some of those guys who are at that, you know, next level coming up here on No Escape. So, again, we'll talk about No Escape next week and, uh, you know, get uh, the feelings about how that's going to be going uh, on the 29th. And, uh, again, Joe, uh, it's a pleasure. We will – everyone who tuned in uh, next week, everyone, take care. Until – Vegas Bad Boys are podcasting.